my wife like gave up her life to save my daughter. My daughter's saved. She's healthy. So far, she's overcome every obstacle. If she was able to get through it, I could get through it too and be able to share that to the world. World, world, world. So again, James, you already know how thankful I am that you're here to share this. I know a lot of people already know your story, but for anyone meeting James for the first time that's listening, he had a, a very viral story that went off and for very good reason. And I'm not going to do a proper introduction because I'll let you do that. So let's start with however you want to start the story about what happened that day. Because as you just said, you know, your wife said something of the source of, you know, as long as you don't forget me, I think the premise right now is that you absolutely have not forgotten her. So uh, definitely dedicating this to her. So Thank you. Thank you. I would love you to kind of get the ball rolling there. Yeah, no, thank you. So we always walked. We always try to eat healthy, you know, just really try to have a healthy pregnancy. And, and our normal routine was walking. That was our, our one thing that we, we enjoyed together. And um, every time I would come home from work, we would have dinner or we would go walking do our exercise, and then come home and make dinner. So it was either or, but we would always walk every single day. So it was our normal routine. And we found that time very valuable. And the reason we found it very valuable, it was our time for us to connect with each other. Uh, You know, even having a long day at work, I I would be able to come home and tell her how my day was. Uh, You know, she would tell me how her day was, like, Being at home, you know, she wasn't working at the time. During that time was COVID and she worked at Disneyland. So she actually worked at the main gate, uh, main entrance, scanning tickets. And as you know, Disney was closed for for a long time due to COVID. So she was out of work. So she was always home. uh, And she would tell me like, Oh, you know, I went to my mom's, you know, spent um, the morning there or I went out to lunch with her and came home. But she would always be home, you know, by the time I get home. You know, she always, she looked forward to seeing me, you know, and I would come home and, you know, just seeing her all the time, either catching her uh, laying in bed or on the couch, you know, on her phone. But it was just really nice to come home to her and 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 be excited to go walking. So we would walk and catch up and, you know, just talk about everything. Just talk about life. We would talk about, you know, our futures and, you know, what we were planning and doing, you know, once our daughter was born. And, you know, just, just everything that you could possibly think about, like preparing yourself uh, for parenthood, we talked about it, you know. From education to, you know, who are we going to have the um, godparents for her baptism to, you know, what color walls or decorations to how are we going to raise her? Everything. We talked about everything. So it was really nice. I feel that with this pregnancy, it really drew on us closer. You know, I know our bond was was there, you know, like was we're soulmates, but with our pregnancy... Our bond was, it grew so much stronger and we were so in the right page. It was a blessing. And I remember that one day, the day, it felt off that the whole day, it felt off, but decided, you know, still go to work. I remember um, having a long day at work, coming home. I remember calling her and talking to her because we're, you know, kind of much uh, preparing for my 
for her arrival, my daughter's arrival, she was at that time, uh, the moment of the accident, my wife was one month away of giving birth from her due date. So she was about 36 weeks. And I remember calling her and I'm like, hey, like, we need to, you know, get everything ready. You know, who knows? Maybe, you know, you might have the baby sooner. We don't know. We better be prepared than be not prepared, you know? And we're talking about like her room and we're talking about curtains and we're literally talking about curtain rods, you know, like where we can find curtain rods, you know, or nice ones that look nice in in the room. And I was telling her where there's like um like a big lots like around the corner where we live, you know, the shopping center. And let's go check out what they have there. And, you know, and then if they don't have anything, we'll just w- walk the long way out and, you know, come back home and we'll get our exercise done and, you know, make dinner. And she's like, okay. So I remember like coming home and she was sitting on the couch and, you know, she was, she kind of looked down for like not herself, but she was excited to see me. And I didn't know that, but uh, while back, my my mother-in-law told me that that day she had really bad morning sickness, like really bad. But she told my mother-in-law that she was going to go home, expect me to, you know, wait for me when she would get home, even though she wasn't feeling well. And I remember my mother-in-law was telling me, she's like, yeah, she didn't feel well. And, and I would kept telling her, I'm like, no, like, if you want to just stay, like, I'll take care of you or whatever, make you feel better. And she's like, no, 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 James is coming home. I want to be home by the time he gets home. So even though she was not feeling so well that day, she was excited to see me. So she was putting aside, you know, her her pain to to see me, you know. And if I would have known that, I think I would have not made her go walking. You know, maybe I would have made that, you know, just like, you know what, let's just stay home and make dinner. But she didn't, you know, she was excited to go on a walk with me. And we we went, we walked to the store. We didn't see anything. So I told her, I'm like, okay, well, let's, let's go the long way home. Let's go around the shopping center. Uh, there's like a, like a street and pretty much it will take us the back way and we'll end up by where we usually walk all the time, which is a, it was always a residential area, which was very calm. So we would always walk there. So we'll end up there and just make it back home and cook dinner. She's like, okay, let's do that. So I remember we're walking and we're going through the shopping center and we're talking about (laughs) the current rods and we're like (laughs) so bummed that we didn't find any good ones. And uh, we're just talking about like, where could we find some? And then I remember we're like, we kind of changed the conversation and we're just talking about like our future plans, you know, about like, Excited to, you know, uh, work hard and, you know, have a little house for ourselves. Like that was our always our dream, like to have a little house for her, you know. And I and I always I grew up in a home, you know, and she grew up in an apartment. So I was always telling her how like growing up, you know, like always had a backyard to run around and, you know, be safe and stuff. And and she loved that. So. She wanted that for our daughter. You know, she's like, oh, that would be really nice for us to have our home. And, you know, she can run around and feel safe and, you know, and and feel like, hey, she's growing up in a house, you know. So we always wanted that. And as we're leaving the shopping center, we hear a screeching sound 
And I remember at that time was during sunset. And we hear a screeching sound and then hear people screaming. We both turn around to see what was happening, facing towards uh, the shopping center. And we see this vehicle just going like this and just lose control and hop onto the sidewalk. And it was going straight at us. That car was driving so fast that we didn't have time to react. You know, like I remember both of us looking and we're shocked. I remember seeing her face. She couldn't believe it. We literally turned around and we're holding hands and we literally closed our eyes and just waited for that impact to happen. I remember like closing my eyes and just thinking like, this is how our life is going to end. Like this is this is the end. And I remember like not feeling her hands no more. And then I just opened them and I look over and I see the vehicle like just trampled her. I saw everything, every little detail. And as the car kept going, leaving my wife there in front of me, it was the hardest thing to see. The one that you you love so much, the one that you promised to be with the rest of your life, just taken away like that. Seconds. I couldn't do anything about it. Just like that, my life changed. I tried to tried to do CPR. I was in the in the right state of mind. I just couldn't believe it. I I couldn't accept reality. I couldn't accept that this was really happening to me. It was like a nightmare that I just wanted to wake up. But I just wasn't. I remember like everything was such a blur. I didn't remember like people around me. I wasn't wasn't mentally there. I was going crazy. (laughs) Just seeing my wife there. Like just telling her like please wake up. Like please. Like this can't happen. We have so much going on. Like, why now? And like, finally seeing, like, the ambulance arrive. And just like, trying to tell them. And I try to save my wife. My wife is 36 weeks pregnant. If you can't save my wife, then save my daughter. And because of COVID, I wasn't allowed to go with her. So I was literally there, like left there and her remains literally left there and no clue if she was alive, what happened to her, what happened to my daughter, nothing. But I was just left there with the image of everything that I went through at that, those very moment. I didn't walk over. I saw that car by that, that, by that car wash. I didn't want to. See, I didn't want to walk over there. I didn't want to see her. I didn't want to see that person because I don't know what I would have done. I don't know what I would have done. So I stayed behind. I stayed. I stayed with my wife because that's 
what I cared about. And after a while, you know, my my in-laws, my father-in-law was working. My mother-in-law was home. My parents, they live in Burbank. So where it happened was in Anaheim. You know, I moved to Anaheim for my wife. When we got married, you know, she was very close to her family. So I made that decision to move with her and live in Anaheim so she could be closer to family. You know, that's how much I cared about her. So I couldn't have my parents just be like, come help me. So I called my my mother-in-law and I remember like trying to tell her what happened. And I just, I wasn't making any sense. You know, uh, I look back, it's like, how, how, can, how can anybody make any sense? How can you put words to what happened? And I'm trying to explain to her and that this, she took her away. She took her away. I just remember saying that to her, but she didn't understand what was going on. And I just remember just telling her, like, please, like, find a ride here, find a way. But I'm here. I'm here. And I told her the location where it happened. I remember she finally arrives and I'm trying to explain to her and, and she was already getting a sense of what was going on. I think she understood, like, we're in an accident. Finally get the news of like where she was taking my wife. She was taken to the UCI over there in Orange County. And it finally making it to the hospital. When we get there, like right away, my my father-in-law, like I guess like met us there. And right away they take us to a small room and our ain't new. I already knew that was bad news. Like, I was just embracing the news that I was going to get. But I guess what I wasn't ready for is to get that news in front of my in-laws. Like, I guess when they told me, like, when the doctors say that, they, they tried everything to try to save my wife and were unsuccessful. But she couldn't make it. She shouldn't make it. It was the hardest, the hardest feeling. Seeing them, like seeing my in-laws break. It destroyed me. It killed me. Because I felt like as a husband, I have to protect my wife no matter what. And I did it. It's like I felt like I left, I let them down. You know, like when I married her, like, you know, like I knew how important it is, like taking that oath that you can protect their daughter no matter what. And I felt that at that moment, like I did it, that I couldn't do my job. And it destroyed me seeing them getting that news. And out of midst of all that, they finally told me, like, my daughter survived. And I was just like, what? What do you mean my daughter survived? Yes, when we realized like we couldn't save your wife, we had to do emergency C-section. And when they did the emergency C-section, my daughter wasn't responding. They did uh, CPR and they were able to bring her back. They right away put her like in a breathing 
machine so she could breathe. But she wasn't stable. But she made it through. At first, I just couldn't believe it. I'm just like, how? I just saw what I saw. I just saw this SUV just trample my wife. Did not make it. But yeah, my daughter did. I just couldn't comprehend. And then they're just telling me, they're like, well, we'll let you know when your daughter in a stable condition so you could see her. I'm like, okay, that's fine. And the rest of her family came and to explain to them like what happened. Like I wasn't in the right mindset. Like I can't even grasp that this was reality, that this was that this really happened. And to try to explain to other people, like, it destroyed me. Like, I went through so much, like, try to lose the love of my life. And then seeing other people, like, just lose, you know, their daughter, their sister, their cousin, losing everything. It was, it was hard. You know, and even though, like, I was going through all those feelings. Like I felt alone. I didn't. I didn't feel at that moment like I had somebody that can like hug me and just tell me like, just really be there for me. You know, her family like they're grieving because they lost her. But I didn't have anybody that was there for me to see if I was okay. But I didn't make it. I didn't want to put it in that in that situation that it was about me too, you know. Like I know they lost someone important in their life, and we all grew grieve different. And maybe I have to go through this pain alone. And I remember just being there, like sitting in those stairway, just going through the scenario, like playing in my head. Over and over and over and over again. It start start like thinking, what could I have done different? What could I have done to avoid this? Maybe, maybe I should have not been a gentleman. Maybe I should have made her walk closer to the street and I could have been the one getting hit. Maybe I shouldn't, maybe I should have not made that decision to walk the long way. Maybe we should have just went straight home. Or maybe I should have stayed five more minutes in that store. Or maybe not even go walking. You know, I started playing those those scenarios in my head. And it kept killing me, kept killing me. But I couldn't stop thinking like that. Finally, my parents arrived. And I remember her, like our mutual friends arrived as well. And they checked up on me, you know, just like, how are you doing? Like, how are you? I just couldn't help it anymore. I just cried. I just cried. I couldn't even talk. I just cried. I didn't have a chance to really, like, process everything that was going on. And they finally let me know, like, that I was able to see my daughter. I remember walking up to the NICU. I didn't know what to expect. You know, I didn't know, like, what I was going to walk myself into. And then seeing my daughter, like, in a breathing tube. And just, like, IVs running through her. 
through her body. It was hard. It was hard to see that because it's like, even though I was grateful that she was alive, but to see her that way, to come into this life that way, my daughter didn't deserve that. We all didn't deserve this. She came into this world forcefully. She wasn't ready. But because of this woman and her selfish acts, forced her to come into this world one month before her due date and to come into this world this way. She didn't deserve it. I was taking so much from me. I look forward to that day to give birth, to be by my wife's hand, to be by her side, to hold her hand as she gave birth. I look forward to that. I was excited for that. I never, I didn't experience that. This woman took so much from us. Started remembering that I think she was alive. That I have her here. And what I learned that everything that happens in life, you have to see the bad, the positive in everything that you do. No matter how bad it is, like you have to see the positive in life. And made me realize, like, I still have my daughter with me. And she's still here. And just seeing her, like, just fight. You know, like, she literally had her breathing tube removed in three days. It only took her three days to breathe on her own successfully. Like, she had jaundice because that was common, especially for uh, preemies. She had it for like a day. She overcame that. I mean, any obstacle that was throwing at her, she she overcame it. You know, they're they're worried about like, would she be able to feed on her own? And we literally trained her. I remember I was always there. You know, I'm blessed for the medical staff and the UCI. Like, I give them my world to them. Like, for them to save my daughter. And to, like, take care of her the way they did. Like, uh, I, I, you know, like, the nurses there, doctors, they were there. They understood my situation. They they guided me. They, they always, like, taught me what to do. They knew, like, what I was getting myself into being as a single father, you know? Like, even though, like, we took classes, we prepared, but we prepared as a couple. Now... It's just me. So they, you know, they always tell me, they're like, okay, we're going to do some uh, therapy classes at this time. Just be here. And I would always go. I would always be there. And it was such an amazing time to be with her. But it was also very difficult. Uh, The reason it was so difficult at the time is even though I had my daughter uh, at the hospital, I was still taking care of funeral arrangements taking care of her family and, you know, trying to be there for them and just try to do so much. And it was so much going on that I didn't have that time to grieve, like to fully grieve and to fully like let out my emotions. I never had the time because it was always doing something. And I remember it was such a, a chaotic time that I didn't really have that me time to kind of just cry or just let it out you know and but when when I was with my daughter at the hospital I did anything possible so I didn't feel sad depressed 
anger, any of those bad emotions in front of my daughter. My daughter went through so much. I would never want her to feel the pain that I went through. So it was important for me to always stay positive because I I knew that during that time, it's the most important. You know, just what I do at that time will define her future. And I didn't want her to be filled with negativity and then have a bad impact in her future life. So for me, I wanted to make sure that I was stay positive. So when visiting my daughter, you know, I was always happy. I was always excited to see her, you know, even though like inside my inside, it was killing me because I was just like, how am I enjoying her? And my, my wife is not here, you know, like how can I be holding her when she had the chance to hold her as well? And now she can't. She won't even have a chance to ever meet our daughter and vice versa. Like my daughter's never going to meet her mommy. You know, she's always going to miss that. And it would destroy me. But I try to stay positive. I try to stay happy for her. You know, uh, I remember like they were the nurses were teaching me how to change a diaper. Um, Because I remember like I would tell a little side story. I would tell my wife, you know, when we're expecting, I was like, I'll do everything. I'll help you, but I won't change a diaper. <laughs> like, I'll even give you money, you know, as long as I don't change diapers, you know, like that was like my condition. And she would laugh. She's like, no, you're going to learn. It was like, no, no, no. I'll do anything. So I don't change diapers. I'll do anything. I'll stay up every night, you know, but she would just laugh. But now that you know I was by myself, it was like, you know, these these are the cards that I was I'm dealt with. You know, like I gotta do the best of it. And I have my daughter, my wife gave her life to save her and to save me. So I need to dedicate my life to make sure that she has the best life possible. And to this day, you know, I'm 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 trying to do that. And just, you know, seeing her, how she, like, would fight every single day. And, like, the doctors would tell me, they're like, oh, you know, we're probably going to release her in a couple months. You know, see how she's doing. And I'm like, okay, okay. You know, like, whatever's best for my my daughter, like, I'm cool with it. You know, like, I'll be here no matter what. Always be here. And I remember they, they told me, they're like, we're amazed by her determination. We're amazed by how strong this baby is. Like we told you months, the way she's going, we might let you take her home in a week. I'm like, what? Like in a week? I wasn't prepared for that. You know, I was already <laughs> getting prepared for like months in advance, you know? Like, no, we're, we might, you might take her home like in next, next week. And I'm like, what? They're like, okay, we'll get plenty of sleep. I'm like, okay, for sure, you know. You got some diapers to change. Yeah. <laughs> and when they tell you, get your sleep, get your sleep because they weren't joking. When I, they had a routine at the hospital. They they had a routine like every three hours they would feed her. So I was like, oh, that's cool. Every three hours, that's cool. Uh-uh. Once you take them home, it's a whole different ball game. Was it like every hour? What is it? Oh, man, Yes. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. When I brought her home, I was nervous, you know? Like, I was like, man, this is me. But you know what? You know, many single parents are listening, you know? You learn this, that as a single parent, 
quitting is not an option. So for me, it was it was not an option. You know, she relies on me. You know, she needs me. So I'm going to do anything possible. And I remember every hour, I literally, she would uh, cry. I would pick her up, hold her. I'm like half asleep, couldn't really sleep. And then I would go to the kitchen with the other hand, trying to warm up the water and then try to pour the water into the little bottle and then get the little spoon, like a formula and trying to mix it with holding the baby crying hysterically, like she's hungry. And I'm like, oh, and then once I prepare the bottle, like walking back to the bed, getting into like her, her position to feed her and, and then feeding her and then burping. Oh man, burping. It's another, <laughs> another thing yeah, too, you know? Thing. Oh my gosh. And then burping her and then she finally burps. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Put her to sleep. So then she would finally go to sleep and I'm like, oh, great. Now I can rest. Literally like 10 minutes later, crying again because she's hungry again and doing it all over again. I swear. I remember like the first week I didn't, I didn't sleep. I was a zombie. I didn't sleep as long, like at all, like at all. Like it was just constant. I would f- find the time to eat and stuff. Like it was really bad. And I remember like one day I would call my, my mom. I'm like, mom, like, can you come like watch her just for one day? Like, let me just get some sleep. I haven't slept for a week. And even though she was taking care of her, like just hearing her cry, like the father instinct, like the parental instinct kicks in and you wake up and you're like, oh, what's wrong with the baby? You know? So it's like, I would never really get some sleep, but it was just like, you know, I knew it was, it was part of it. And it was definitely hard. You know, I know how like, as a, you know, as a, as a duo, you know, as a couple, like you can get it, you can get it done. You know, you could take turns and stuff. For me, it was like, I don't have that option, you know? And, and it was tough. It was tough, like raising her, you know, but I did what I best I could, you know, and changed diapers. And now, trust me, I'm like the the fastest guy to change diapers. I swear, like <laughs> the fastest I'm, I'm the pro. Changer. Yeah, like I'm I'm a pro now. You know, like changing so many diapers. But you know, it's I felt that those times or those opportunities was time for me to bond with my daughter. Like I fa- I value those moments. You know, I valued you know, bathing her and changing diapers and changing her and dressing her up cute. And I'd always think of like my wife, you know, like she would always tell me, she's like, make sure that she's dressed up. And it was so crazy because like now that I look back and just the little advices that she would give me, it was in a sense like she knew her faith. She knew something was going to happen and she was preparing me. It's crazy to say that. And the reason I say that is that when we're expecting, she would always tell me, she's like, if anything ever happens to me, you know, just make sure that you're there for her, that you give her the best advice, you know, that you, you know, dress her up nice, that you make sure that you comb her hair nicely. And I'm like, why do you talk that way? You know, like, why are you talking like, you know, like something's going to happen? It's like, I don't know, like, you never know, like, when maybe when I'm giving birth or something, something might happen. You know, she was always thinking that way. And I'm just like, why do you think that way? You know, like, I was always a person like, no, think positive, you know, like, and she's like, well, you never know. You know, like, you always want to be prepared. And she would 
yeah, give me a little advice, you know, like, and I look back now and, and, and like those little things is like, she was like preparing me for this moment and just going through, you know, raising my daughter without her, like at times, like I couldn't help it, but cry, you know, like sometimes I would cry with my daughter and stuff. Like I would put my wife's like favorite music on uh, with my daughter, I guess my wife would listen to music and she would put like the, her phone like on the, on her wound and stuff and like let the play, the music play. So I feel like the baby was listening, you know, and I would play music and she would get excited. She would get so happy. And then I would get emotional, you know, and just cry. And I remember just like ball and just be like, just thinking to myself, like you could have been here, you know, like I'm here enjoying our daughter. You could have been here enjoying us. Like, and I just think back, like, what you would have done. You know, like, I knew that she would have been taking 20 million pictures with her, you know, and enjoying every moment, being super overprotective. She would have done all that. And over here, you know, like, enjoying her and looking at our daughter and, and it just seeing her. And no matter, like, how much I'm there for her and how much I'm, guiding her or trying to be there for her and being the best father possible like she'll never knew her mommy and that's like to this day like it still gets to me like it still kills me because no matter how much I do or how many good deeds I do or you know pictures or memories I try to create like there's always going to be that little void you know that she's going to be missing and I hope that you know I stay strong that I I continue doing uh, being a positive influence and role model for her and and I hope that you know when she's old enough and she understands you know that she can look back at these kind of moments and and hopefully have an understanding of like what I went through to be able to give her that good life to give her that positive mindset uh that she needed to continue growing you know like I know that you know, my my wife is watching over us and protecting us and, you know, guiding us. And I know in a, everything that I do, you know, I, I kind of like tune out and I ask my wife, like, am I doing the right thing? Is this the right path that you want me to take or guide me? You know, sometimes I'm I'm clueless, like I'm clueless, like I don't have solutions, you know, to any any ending day problems that arise Sometimes I don't have the solution. And I literally, you know, talk to her and just ask her, like, guide me, you know, get me out of this situation, you know, do what's best for us, for, you know, our daughter's sake. And it's always like, I always feel like this, um, this voice or this like feeling that she's talking to me. Mm. And I know that's right. You know, it's kind of like that. Like, that's her telling me what to do, and I just do it, and it works out. Like, it's it's crazy, you know? It's crazy. It, I, I believe that that she talks to me in a way. Isn't that ironic at the same time? Because you said there's that void that she's not there, but she is there. Yes. Yeah. And I think I think that's what I realized. Like, even though she's not physically here, she's still spiritually here. And I think that's what... I needed to realize 
you know, I, I realized there was that void of physically being here and accepting like she's gone and there's no way of coming back, but she's still here spiritually. Like she's still here with us. Like right. I might not see her, but she's next to me. Yeah, the invisible string. Exactly. So for me, once I started realizing that, like it helped me get through a lot of stuff. Like it really helped me. And watching my daughter, like just going through what she went through in the hospital, it made me realize like my daughter gave me the biggest advice that I could possibly ever receive. And that advice was if she was able to get through what she went through, then I can too. And then that made me realize like if she got through that, if she was so determined to live, to be there for me, then I need to fight for my own life as well. The way that cascades is incredible because when we were talking earlier, you know, just how inspirational your story has been and how much attention it's got, how you to other people are filling that in other people's lives. So it's just like a continual cycle. And it's, it's, it's so wild to me that, you know, people have been approaching you, seeing what you've gone through and say, oh my God, you've gone through that. So I can get through this. And now even a tier above that, you're saying that to your daughter. You know what I mean? That in the same aspect as people look to you now saying, I can't believe you've gone through this so I can get through this. And it all stems from your daughter and essentially stems from your wife who it seems like through your story that your wife gave your, her daughter all the strength. You know what I mean? It's like she, the strength came from your, your wife, got right, went right to your daughter and she's here standing. Yeah, exactly. Is she standing? She's standing now. Literally. Yeah, no, she's, she's literally, oh, okay. she's running now. <laughs> okay. She's running like, oh my God, she's <laughs> nonstop. But that's so true. My wife, like, gave up her life to save my daughter. My daughter's saved. She's healthy. And then seeing her get through that and just now walking normal. You know, the doctor's telling me, like, she's normal. There's no issues. You know, when everything happened, like, they were telling me, like, she might have, you know, have problems. But so far, she's overcome every obstacle. So learning that, you know, learning those, like you said, it's like that cycle learning, like she was able to get through it. I could get through it too and be able to share that to the world, you know, and, and that's kind of why I share my story to the world is if I was able to get through what I went through, then I know that anybody that's facing an obstacle can get through it, you know, that that they could see that light at the end of the tunnel because I seen it, you know. It was easy for me to just hide in darkness and just give up. I know. As we were speaking about earlier, hiding in the darkness and giving up is often the easier option, as weird as that sounds. Yeah, it, it, it is. It's, it's easier just to do that, you know, just to give up and do nothing. But like I said, you know, giving up is not an option. So... Have you felt like you've grieved? Because I know you, from your unique story, it's it's wild because when you go through death, it's like, okay, it seems like the bus stops there, but life is driving the bus and, and life keeps going. So when you when you went through all this, you know, you still had the funeral, you still had the interpersonal relationships with people, and you didn't have time to grieve because you were up all night, you know, caring for your daughter, this, that, and the other. So have you felt like you have had time to grieve? A grief never ends, of course, but... Yeah. Um... The, my grieving process, I would love to have more time to grieve. Like I mentioned, I was always with my daughter. And when I'm around my daughter, I made sure that I don't 
show those emotions. You know, it was always positive reinforcement. So I never really had that time to like just be myself in that in those moments of like just grieving, grieving, grieve until I felt better. It was more of like I had to f- find those times. So when I found those times was when my daughter was sleeping more. I would literally or uh, my daughter would spend time with my with my sister in law or my my mother in law or my parents. You know, like they would spend the night. That give me time to kind of like to grieve, you know. So I would find those times, or when I'm driving somewhere, I would listen to her music and just bawl my eyes out, and I would cry, cry, cry. I remember like when I started working again, you know, like those were my times. I would literally walk into to work, my eyes shut, like bloodshot red, because all that crying that I was doing. And or I would go home, you know, like I would come home and my mom was like, are you okay?" You know, it's like, no, just, you know, like I was just, you know, just kind of letting my emotions out. Those were the times that I kind of let go. Your little grieving windows. Yeah, my grieving windows. But it wasn't healthy enough. Like I know, I know that this is not the healthiest way. I know that we need time to grieve. I wasn't given time. It was more of like I was given in a position that I had to step up to be a, a single parent, and that's it. And I wasn't given that chance to fully grieve. And and um, I know that I missed that, and I know I need that. Like, I got opportunities to see therapists and stuff, and I need to do that. I know it's like definitely something that that I want to get done because I, I feel that I do need you know help in a sense. In a sense, I, I'm looking. F- I want to look for like professional help in a sense of like how to be able to, I would say, deal with it. In, in a sense of like it doesn't affect me long term, and affecting me long term can affect my daughter. So I don't want that to happen. So it's more of like I'm learning to deal with the pain now. You know, I'm like I'm learning to just keep fighting. But I know that for sure. Like I do need that kind of you know, that support that I definitely need to grieve properly so it doesn't affect me long-term. Yeah, it's, it's powerful that you're looking at it that way. Once again, it always reverse back to your daughter. But that that's the one thing about grief. I think trauma and just pain, the shit we go through in general, it's always in the moment because that's always important, obviously. But the long-term effects, that trauma and stress and, you know, not really expressing full emotions, that, that pays a toll. And unfortunately, sometimes you don't learn it down the road. So it's impressive that you know that. I mean, I, we're in a different boat. I'm like 20 years down the road, and I'm still not, I feel like I'm not fully healed, but I think uh, you've given meaning. You've given meaning. And at the end of the day, that is so important to, to getting through anything like that. But, you know, you had no having no time to grieve. It's like, how do you find, is it therapy? Is it finding those grieving windows? Uh, but another stacked question I wanted to ask you, based on what you said earlier about, you know, you're, you're replaying how, how it went down, asking yourself, should I have done this? Should I have done that? What emotions did it come with? It was like, I seem like guilt was a part of it, but like, was there a, a, besides sadness, were there any contradicting feelings that you had that you remember that you still have? Because with grief, often it seems like all these different sorts of emotion come out of one, whether it's anger, this and that. And it seems like an emotion that you shouldn't feel with death. But did you have those emotions of guilt? And if so, how did you get through that? Or how are you getting through that? Yeah, I mean... Guilt for sure, you know, like I felt like, you know, um, 
played so many scenarios, you know, like I, I felt like maybe I should have pulled her close to me, you know, maybe I should have hugged her, you know, like things like that. So that definitely got to me, definitely affected me for a long time, very long time. And yeah, there was a long time that I couldn't sleep because all I kept playing was like different scenarios and what I could have done. And I felt guilt, you know, I felt anger, you know, like this woman, you know, being selfish, not caring about others, getting behind a wheel, driving, intoxicated, and just taking my wife's life and affecting us, you know, like my daughter, like without a mom, like, you know, it's just, it's it's crazy emotions, you know, like it's, it's all these emotions that, you know, I still go through. And I remember that a very long time and I still go through this feeling like every time I see a sunset, during summer especially, like it's always around, it was like, it happened like around seven o'clock in the evening. And I always remember that, seeing the sunset and it just brings me back to those, that state of mind that I was in. Like, I didn't know what was going on. It was like a nightmare. Like I was just like, man, when am I going to wake up? When am I going to wake up? And it wasn't happening. You know, just going through all those mixed emotions, like, yeah, it was, it, it was taking a toll, you know, like it was, it was destroying me. But I try not to let that like change my mindset when I was with my daughter, care about my daughter, you know? So it's like, it's like I put her first, like no matter what I do, like even if it don't have time to grieve, as long as she's like happy and has love and happiness and, you know, laughter, I would love to have more time to grieve and stuff. And I would love, you know, even though it's already been like over a year now, like, I haven't had that fully chance to kind of like unwind. You know, sometimes there is times that I gone to like her where she's buried and I drop my daughter off to like my in-laws and I just go and, and, and I kind of spend the whole day there and kind of just like let it out. I have those moments too in a sense of like I try to find ways to give like a, a quick fix, like a quick like medication to to heal quick. But I learned that the pain is always going to be there. Like no matter what I do, no matter like how many therapists I go see, like the pain is always going to be there. But I, what I learned is that you start learning to live with that pain. You know, it, it, that pain will never go away, but you just have to learn how to live with it, you know, and I have my moments and, you know, I sit back and I'm like, I reflect and, you know, but I always, always come back to talking to her. I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm just thankful for, you know, the life we had, you know, and hopefully I gave her the best life possible and, um, and I'm making her proud, you know, and as long as I'm making her proud and, you know, making, doing exactly what she would have done if she was alive, then that's what matters. You know, that's what, that's what. I, I care most about. But you're doing, you really realize you're doing it. Like I've only known you for a short period of time now, pretty much as we're speaking for the most yeah. part. But you've already got it. You've got so much down that you're, I'm thinking back to my mom with so many things and take everything I say with a grain of salt because what the fuck do I know? But like one thing with my mom is, and I'm relating it to what you're telling me is, and I didn't know this till later on in my life, that she she had similar grieving windows. I'm sure there's plenty of people out there, plenty of parents that are that can relate to this. 
But from my perspective as the son, you know, I see my mom doing one thing and she's holding it together. Like you're holding it together for your daughter, holding it together. And I saw my mom cry plenty of times. But as I got older, she would tell me, yeah, when I would like leave the house, that's when she would take that grieving window and just let it all out. And what I was always not concerned about, just thought about, and how I'm seeing it with you is she always had the children on, on her foresight, which kept her going, which seems like it's the same thing with you. But at some point, you know, you really do, you have to look out for yourself. And in return, which you've already hit the nail on the head, looking out for yourself is the to the benefit of your daughter. So it's like, at the end of the day, like, look out for yourself too. You know what I mean? You gotta, yeah, if you yeah. got to figure out how to let it out like you are, yeah, you got you, you got to do that. And it seems like you are doing that, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So I'm definitely, you know, trying to, you know, focus on myself as well. And and that's what I'm exactly what I'm doing. You know, I was... It's got to be hard though. You're raising a child. It's hard, right? It, it was, it's been difficult. You know, I, I, that's why I say, like, I give respect to all single parents out there in this world because it's not easy. It is not. And I admire every single parent, you know, out there, single parent out there that are doing it on their own. Yeah, I can't imagine. You know, yeah. And many like have multiple kids. And I'm like, I can barely have my, I can barely handle my own, you know? <laughs> yeah. And and I can only imagine like more, you know, so it's crazy. I give them much respect, you know, to all single parents. It's not easy. It, it hasn't been easy. You know, they say it's, it gets better as they get older. I feel like now that she's walking, it hasn't gotten any better. <laughs> but, you know, um, I'm just blessed to have her. I'm trying to do everything best for her. So I was working like full time and it was taking a lot from from me my my personal time with her you know and and I felt like that was kind of in a way affecting her you know because I was kind of like noticing like she was growing a stronger bond with like my parents you know because she was taking care of them like while I worked and I would you know see her when I could you know when I got off of work or on the weekends you know like I would spend every second when I'm not working I was be spending it with her but it wasn't enough and I'm just thankful for like the position that I finally was able to be into. And I haven't really talked about this, this part of my life is that I'm I'm thankful for, you know, all my followers, um, all the support that I've been getting, you know, just people being there for me and people reaching out and just seeing how, how much my story impact them in such a positive way. And, and, and it feels good. And it feels amazing to me to hear that because now sharing my stories and helping others, it really makes me feel good in, inside and be able to be like, you know what, this is my purpose. I'm able to help people or give back to the community, give back to my supporters in a sense. So I love to sharing my story, but I noticed that like that time with my daughter and I wanted to spend more time. And like I mentioned, you know, having such a large following, you know, um, which I'm blessed and thankful to having is giving me the opportunity to quit my job full time, be home and and give this influencer job a go in a sense of be able to be there for my daughter, be able to work from from home, spend so much time with her and be able to kind of make I would say some income to have a roof over my daughter's head, which is the most important thing. Like as long as I can give her everything that she needs and wants and be able to be there for her as much as I possibly can, 
then that means everything to me and I'll do anything possible to to do that. So I I quit full time and now I'm, you know, I'm home and it is a lot of work. Don't get me wrong. It is a lot of work and juggling to make some income. And then on top of that, taking care of a daughter, it's it's hard. And and trust me, I have zero time, like zero me time. I only have time to, you know, I'll take care of my daughter, like here and there, like I'll pop in and out, like social media, just check to see if, you know, like what I can do. And then it's it's always like full time taking care of my my daughter, you know, and and now I want to, you know, get my YouTube going. You know, I want to do like a daddy blog. So, you know, trying to edit and taking care of the my daughter. So it's it's definitely been a battle, you know, but I'm just blessed to be home with her. You know, that's what I'm blessed. So I'm blessed to have this opportunity to be able to be home and and do what I can you know, and, and, and make us in, in a way of, of a living and be able to provide for her and, you know, have the benefits of being there for her. So it's been a blessing. I've been, it's been definitely a challenge, you know, but I'm just grateful and, and you know, thankful. Well, I'm thankful to have you shedding that light and seeing the silver lining and recognizing the positive and things. And as cliche and sometimes ridiculous, it seems, because once you're in the moment, when shit happens, like it, it seems like there's no way out. And with time, you know, it seems like you've you've realized a lot of those things that have put you in a position like this of of helping others and you know raising a daughter that's going to be as blessed to have you as a father. Clearly, the love exudes from you. So there's there's a lot in that. Um, and I and we spoke about it before the podcast in regards to the different the different channels of lessons here in regards to your story. Besides, you know, how have you grieved becoming a single father? Um, and raising your daughter, and then the drunk driving avenue of you know getting behind that and and being an advocate of you know preventing moments like that. I do want to ask in response to the, there was a woman that was driving the car. Yeah, this is a big question because I've never been in a scenario to have to forgive someone. But is is there a level of forgiveness there? Is that you, what is your opinion on that when someone says you know forgive someone who does something as traumatic as that? Like where are you with that? I think it's something that I have. I'm gonna have to go through that. I just recently got news that it's been still in, you know, uh, pre-trial right now. The process, but they're moving into trial now because I guess the judge decided not to keep extending because I guess the defense counsel been extending. So now it got to a point that they just want to move forward with trial already, and it's gonna get to that point when I have to see her and you know go through that now. So it's like now it's a new thing I have to face now. Now I have to go through that part of my life of going to trial and seeing her and, and seeing the process and what the outcome is going to be. And I never got to that point of thinking like, would I ever forgive her? It, it's one of those things like she was so careless and she only cared about herself, you know, and she's selfish. So to me, it's just like, why would I have pity for a person that didn't really care about my wife, you know, about about my daughter not having her mommy. Like, why why should I care about that person when clearly they didn't care about anybody but themselves? So for me, that's kind of the mindset that I'm at right now. And I know that maybe down the line, I need to forgive, you know, forever to move on and stuff. But I think it's just seeing how, how much it affected us, you know, 
my daughter and I and my family and my wife's family. I try not to think about that because I don't want to deal with it yet. I think it's one of those things like until I do, like I'll see what I do. But until then, like I try not to think about that lady. I try not to think about the child. Like, I don't know, like if I would forgive, you know, like, I don't know if I would, you know, just move on in a sense. You know, it's, it's, I think it's just the pain is too fresh in that sense to think about, you know, and, and I feel like, I know I'll eventually have to face it. Like, I know, like, now that's going to move into trial now and I have to be there and it's going to be tough for me. But I guess it's just one step at a time. And until until that moment, then... I was just curious because I've heard so many... Uh, I feel like that's always been the cliche thing and when someone's a victim of something about forgiveness. And in my head, I, I don't even know how you forgive someone for that. I can't imagine. Obviously, I have no experience with that, but... It's just frustrating when it's something so preventative. So if if there's an avenue for you to put attention to something that's so prevalent, like even in my life, I mean, for some people in my life that still kind of like dabble in that, it, it's such a preventable mistake. It's such a preventable mistake that it is frustrating. So I, I commend you for the avenues that you're taking, and um, you have some plans for kind of being bringing attention to you know being a single dad and trying to help people. And drinking and driving, you're trying to bring attention to that, Yeah, right? so, you know, by sharing my story, like, it, it definitely opened a lot of paths that I want to take. You know, I want to be able to help as much as possible, uh, you know, being just a positive influence in this world. You know, I, I, I want to be, like, an advocate about, you know, drinking and driving because I hear it all the time and people reach out to me and I hear in the news as well, like, other stories that has happened and it just reminds me of my story, you know, of like of them losing their loved ones, you know, because of this selfish act, you know, and, and it really comes down to laws not being strict enough. I feel like that is kind of like a slap in the, in the wrist. You know, if you make the laws stricter and make it more fearful, then the people will think twice, you know, they're like, man, if, if I get in behind the wheel, it's going to be really bad for me. You know, I don't want that. And I feel that if we start caring about others and not having that selfish uh, mindset and be able to just care about any stranger in this world, I feel that it would avoid that too. It would avoid that in the sense of like, you know what, I'm not all there to drive. I care about other people and I don't want to put other people at risk let me just get an Uber ride, you know, let me just get my Lyft ride, you know, like there's so many different things, you know, and I feel that if we start changing our mindset and really caring about each other and others, I feel that that can void a lot. And that's what I try to, you know, talk about, you know, that we should start caring about each other and and just really be the importance of like not getting behind that wheel, intoxicated, you know, and and then also like, talking about, you know, being a single parent, being a single father, I would say, you know, and many people out there, you know, know that many single fathers out there don't take the opportunity to be there for their children or a lot of fathers decide not to be involved in their children's life and miss out on such great opportunities, which is 
sad to hear because I hear it all the time. You know, people reach out to me all the time. You know, I wish my baby daddy was more involved in my children's life. And, you know, and and it breaks my heart because, like, they're missing out on such a beautiful bond. Like, the bond that I have with my daughter. Oh, my gosh. Like... Especially a daughter, you know. Yes. Yeah. I'm, no, 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 knocking any sons, but yeah. the father-son thing is something powerful. Or the, that's that's a, a different realm. Yeah. Like when they're born, it's daddy's girl. <laughs> yeah, like it's 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 embedded in their head. You know, that's daddy's girl. Like that they look up to you as a protector. Like you're the male figure. That's a exactly. Big deal. It's a big deal. Exactly. It's like this guy's going to protect me my whole life. That bond is like built. Yeah, like it's, it's 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 is born with that bill. So it's like, how do you know I want to miss out on that? Like the way she like hugs me, like every time I pick her up, she like just gives me this strong hug. (laughs) You know, the way she looks at me, like sometimes I'm like talking and she just stares at me. But they say like, those are the moments that they like want to tell you that they love you. Like that's their bond. Like they're just showing you their affection to you. And like, sometimes I'll be talking in a con- you know conversation with other people and she'll just be staring at me, mesmerized. And it's just like, it's, it's beautiful to see that. Like the bond, like do everything with her, you know, like everything. And it's so happy to see that. So when I see like men not like really being around, it's just like, Dude, you're missing out on such a, something amazing thing. So for me, sharing my story and and sharing like raising my daughter like through my social media platforms and you know I, I'm trying to be more involved. I want people to see like, hey, not all guys are bad, you know. Like not all fathers are bad, you know. There's good fathers out there, and there is, you know. I'm just putting myself out there, but I know there's many men out there that are raising their children on their own and doing it very well. And, you know, they're doing best they can. And so I give them much respect to those those single parents, single fathers out there that are really putting work and really like being a good influence and not being acknowledged. So I feel like I want to bring that attention. I want to be able to be like, look, there's some good men out there, you know, like I know I'm I'm one of them and, and I dedicate my life to make sure that my daughter's good and I'm going to do anything possible. So uh, that's why I, I exactly I do what I do. You know, I put myself out there. I want to show you know that look like I do anything for my daughter and and there's good men out there. So yeah, I want to shed that light too. You know, and I just want to be a positive influence and I just want to be a positive role model for many people that you know are facing their own battles and you know sometimes they they don't know how to overcome it. You know, I, I hope that with my story can inspire them to find the solution or find that light at the end of the tunnel. And and then also just be able to, you know, one day, you know, when my daughter's old enough, you know, she can look back at these moments and see like that I didn't fall or I didn't break, that I was strong enough as she showed me, you know, how strong she was. And I hope that she grows up being as strong as her mommy, you know, like, mentally and physically, you know, be as strong as her parents, you know, that I want her to grow up, even though she didn't have her mommy, that she can carry her mommy's legacy. That's the most important thing. I think that's, that's, that would be very, very uh, important to me if my daughter grows up and carries my wife's legacy, you know, that she's able to carry her on, you know, anything that she does, her being 
in this world, you know, like being here for me, you know, like she, I think it's, it's having her around. It's been a blessing. It's been, I'm just thankful to have her around me. You know, I know my wife, you know, gave her life so she can be here so she can help me grieve. I think, you know, with having her, it, it definitely helped me grieve in a way, you know, it definitely helped me overcome a lot of, uh, feelings that I had, you know, and just having seen her there and grow and how beautiful and 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 healthy she's been, it, it definitely gives me that power, that energy, you know, like to keep moving forward. And, and I'm just blessed to have her in my life. And I know she's going to be something big in this world. I know she has a huge, bright, you know, future. And I'm just, I'm just blessed to be the father of a miracle. And, you know, people say they're like, man, you know, like your daughter's blessed to have such an amazing dad uh, like you. And, and I always say, it's like, no, like I'm blessed to having a beautiful daughter like her that giving me the courage and the strength that I need to be the great father that I can be. Amen. Amen. Dude, that's all, uh, it's crazy because you're such in the, you're in this just the beginning phases of it. So I I want to thank you for I don't have a lot of words to say because it was just, it was emotional for me and I'm sure everyone has already known your story and hopefully this gets to a few more people. Uh, just continue doing what you're doing. I know you will and it's empowering. And we already mentioned there's so many different avenues. I think people can learn from you. So I think you have a lot to be proud of having accomplished this much in such early phases and you have so much more to go. There's, I'm sure you already know there's going to be ups and downs, but it, you're seem already prone to be focusing on the up. So I just want to thank you so much for being willing to be this vulnerable and to share your story. Cause a lot of people, especially this day and age, I think don't really let a lot out. So be willing to show the public just, just goes a long way. And if, uh, and I'll just be here for the ride. So I, I want to thank you, James Alvarez for, for being on here on uh, my little podcast right now. I uh, appreciate it. All. Thank you for having me and, and giving me the opportunity to you know, share my story. I feel that a lot of us don't share like traumas that we go through life. And, you know, sometimes the, it's easier to just bottle it in and, you know, and just keep pushing on. And sometimes that's not the best way. And I, I think that we all gone through traumas. You know, we all had gone through uh, struggles in life, you know, like we're all human, you know, and we all gone through that what unites us is is the pain that we go through. And I feel that, you know, you're not alone. You know, you're not, you're not the only one suffering. You know, there's many people that suffered, you know, and, and if you stick together and, you know, be able to kind of give the opportunity to let it out, let them hear and let them like share their stories, you know, you can definitely help each other out. So I think I love this, this podcast and what you do and, and be able to talk to other people uh, that gone through traumas and losing someone, a loved one and how to overcome it. I think it's a biggest, this is a big uh, thing. I think what doesn't define you, what happened is what happens after, like how you move on. And I think that's what defines you. So for me, it was just like, I went through a, a bad trauma, but I'm not going to let that trauma affect the person that I can be or the great father that I can be for my daughter. You know, that's the biggest thing for me is I want to be acknowledged that even though what happened to me, I'm a great father. And then I know that my daughter one day is going to realize that like what I've gone through and, and still continue being a great father. I didn't let that trauma define me. 
Yeah, you can only do, you can only control so much, but you can control how you react, and it seems like you're not letting it define you by the way you're reacting and stepping up. So, yeah, uh, it's interesting. And, and before I cap it off, uh, it's funny how uh, it's funny, but you you said you know you said you felt alone in the beginning, yet this part of your process, you realize you're not alone. So even in the what, just for anyone listening, when you do get to those dark moments where it doesn't have to be death, just any trauma in general. You may feel alone in that moment, but you're going to learn if you if you just ride with it that you're not alone. So, I think that's uh, that's what I'm the last part I'm taking from the many lessons you just spit. So, James, <laughs> my you. man, I'm blessed Thank to you. have met you. Thank um, you. And uh, I'm looking forward to getting this out there and following your journey because you have a lot more a lot more yeah, growth that's no. going to be visible in front of everyone. I'm excited. No, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm. I'll. I'll definitely be on here again. You know, it's it's. This chapter in my life hasn't been closed yet, so there's a lot to live. And I know there's going to be a lot of uh, new ventures and new obstacles. And, you know, but uh, I learned that if I was able to go through this, there's nothing else that life can throw at me that I can't overcome. Yes, so, <laughs> Well, cheers to many more chapters, my friend. All right? Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys, thanks you, for thank tuning you. in for another episode of Dead Talks. And uh, at the bottom of that link, I'll share all this instagram all your instagram handles and all that and uh maybe just drop it real quick for anyone that's not on their phone maybe they're driving in a car right now what's your instagram and all your oh yeah my instagram so uh my name it was actually made by my my wife so i never changed it so (laughs) so it's um at underscore another underscore and then my name james j-a-m-e-s alvarez a-l-v-a-r-e-z and you can follow me on instagram and then my other platforms, I do have a TikTok. I do post videos of my my daughter as well. And our TikTok is James L. Alvarez. You can also find me on Facebook, you know, James Alvarez. I do have a page. So you can all you can also like my page. I post a lot of um more of uh, all the pictures, all my albums, everything that I do, Snapchat. If you want to follow my everyday journey, uh, it's James L. Alvarez. And then my YouTube, which I'm actually going to be launching. So I do have my channel up. Uh, we'll be adding content. So we'll be at, uploading some videos, uh, pretty much going to be from the beginning to recent and then moving forward my everyday blog. So uh, our YouTube channel is Adventures with Adeline and James. But thank you again for having me. It's been a blessing and, and I can't wait to do it again. Let's go, baby. All right, James. Thank you so much, man. And thank you guys so much for tuning in. And until next time, later, guys.